Yeah? Can I move? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, then I just need this. Okay? So, let's just um, invite the Lord again into our hearts after this beautiful time of worship where we truly connected with Him. Let's ask Him now to speak to our hearts, to rewrite His Word upon our hearts, that His Word will be that double-edged sword piercing through the divisions of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Yes, Lord, we give you permission. Come, Holy Spirit. Discern the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Sort us out, Lord. Sort us out right now. And renew our minds according to your word, that we may live every moment as that new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so, yeah. So, uh, this evening, I, I'm here, I'm really glad to be here, and especially because the topic is very dear to my heart, okay? And it's not sickness, okay? I'm not speaking to you about sickness. I think there was some error in the, in the invite that was sent out. I'm allergic to sickness, really. Really, I'm allergic to sickness. And I think the sooner we all develop a severe allergy to sickness, the better it will be not only for us, but for the whole world. Amen? Amen. Yes? Okay. So our teaching today is on walking in divine health. Okay? And basically, this is what we are going to learn. We're going to learn how divine healing can become a lifestyle. Okay? A lifestyle is something that we do all the time. It's something that we are. So we are called to be divine healers. We're called to live in divine healing. That is the gift that Jesus has given us. That is what he paid the price for. And therefore, you and I are going to learn how to do exactly this. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So in this session, we're going to quickly define sickness and health. I think most of us know the meaning of sickness, but many of us unfortunately don't know what health is. Okay? We also want to know why Jesus healed. Okay? What was his purpose? And we will also be speaking a little bit on divine healing by faith and how to minister healing. Because if you ask most, most Catholics... Why they don't pray for healing? When somebody comes to you and say, says, you know, please pray for me. I have this problem. I, I'm sick. This is what I have. This is the condition I'm suffering from for so many years. You know what we, most of us say? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And we think, oh, that's such a wonderful thing. Tomorrow in my personal prayer time, I'm going to pray for that sick sister or that ill brother but that's not really what Jesus asked us to do. Okay? We're going to discover that in the course of this teaching and also learn how to minister healing. I really hope I'm able to cover all these points. Okay? So you'll have to pray a special prayer for me because I'm famous for not being able to finish my teachings. Okay? So, yeah. 
In the Webster's Dictionary, when we, where's my heading? Sorry, yeah, oh, it's coming last. Okay. The definition of sickness, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is a state of being ill. Okay? It's just that a person is, yeah, it's a condition. When you or a person, anyone, is unhealthy in body or mind. According to the medical dictionary, it says, sickness is a definite pathological process having a characteristic set of signs and symptoms. That's why when we go to the doctor, what do we talk about? We don't go tell them, doctor, this is the disease I have. We just tell him the symptoms, leaving him to figure it out. Hopefully, he'll able, he's able to do it. Okay? And we trust our doctors. We go to them, hoping that they can figure out what the problem is, depending on the symptoms we share with them. Or a disease. A disease is an interruption, a cessation, or disorder of body, system, or organ structure, or function. Okay? Anything that is going wrong in the body is called a disease. Okay. I'm sure we all know this. If I ask for a show of hands, does any one of you have any of any symptoms of sickness or disease in your body? 100% of us will put up our hands. Not major illnesses, thank God. But at least one ache, one pain, one uh, sprain, one uh, uh, whatever. Okay? So the less we talk about sickness, the better. Because we are too familiar with it. And it's not something that is supposed to be a part of our lives. Do you really think God did not create us for sickness? Do you think, do you believe that? God did not create us to be sick. Yes or no? Yes. He does not want us to be sick or have any disease. Yes or no? This is not supposed to be a reality in our lives, this condition. Whatever we have been talking about so far. Yes or no? Yes. You're not very convinced. Anyways, okay, please try. Please try to get convinced because if you're not, if you don't detest, if you don't hate sickness and disease with all your heart, you will not look for a solution for it for yourself, nor will you try to set somebody else free. That is what will happen. You will tolerate sickness in your body and you'll wonder, why is she complaining 15 years knee pain? So what? 30 years I've suffered back pain. Hi, Rani. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. I'm looking at Rani. She's been suffering with knee pain for so long. And we are like, oh, just endure it, sister. We're not called to endure sickness. We're called to kick it out. We're called to drive it out because it's the work of the enemy. Okay? I love the definition of health. Even the dictionary definition is so beautiful. Look at this. Okay? As defined by the World Health Organization. It says, a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. Okay? Even in a secular sense, health is something which is truly valued. Complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. You agree? Yes. Health is a gift of God. And divine health is a truly blessed state of being. Okay? Look at the next definitions even better. Okay? That is according to the medical dictionary. See what it says. 
a state in which one is able to function well. How? Physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. The medical dictionary acknowledges that we are spiritual beings, that you and I are spiritual beings. And being physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually perfect, functioning well, in order to express the full range of one's unique potentialities within the environment in which one is living. What a beautiful, what a wholesome definition. Don't you agree? Yes. And this is the desire of our God for us and for the whole world. That is why he sent Jesus. And now that is why Jesus has sent us as his hands, his feet into the world. Okay? So before we go into details of how we can minister, let's look a little bit at the lifestyle of Jesus. And, and, and try to find out why he healed. What was his purpose? Okay? So why did Jesus heal? He did not heal to prove he was God. Because he told his disciples also, you go heal. You heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cleanse lepers, drive out demons. So if Jesus was trying to prove his divinity by healing, then that would mean all the disciples of Jesus also are divine. Not yet, I guess, no? We are partakers of the divine nature, but we're not divine. We're not divine. Yes? Okay? So it was not to prove that he was God Almighty. All right? But it was to fulfill his mission on earth. One of the missions of, or the saving, uh, the salvation aspect of Jesus or why he came to this earth, what was the plan of God, what was one of his missions, it was to set the captive free. That means any, any kind of captive. If you're a physical captive, you're, you're, you're physically in prison, he wanted to set you free. If you were, you were a captive because of sickness, he wants to set you free. And that was his mission. That was his mission here on earth. Okay? Look at what 1 John chapter 3 verse uh, 8 says. For this purpose the Son of God was revealed. He was manifested. He was made known to the world. That he might destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus treated sickness totally and completely as one of the works of the devil. In the Garden of Eden, before the fall, there was no word like sickness. That means God never created sickness. And God's only purpose for sickness is that it might be destroyed. And he sends you and me today into the world to destroy the works of the devil. Just like Jesus, so are we in this world. Okay? Yes. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Where St. Peter so beautifully summarizes the mission of Jesus. He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay? He was anointed with what? The Holy Spirit and with power. There are two aspects to the anointing. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he had the power of God working in him and through him. And because 
he was anointed with the holy spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him amen amen and this is the mission of jesus therefore it is also your mission and my mission here on earth okay so jesus as soon as he came down from the uh, mount of the temptation he came down he preached repentance and he went about healing delivering casting out demons that was all in a day's work for jesus preach teach heal that was the threefold ministry of jesus preaching teaching healing every day if you see jesus's life in the three years that he spent in public ministry this was what he did preach teach heal and included in healing was deliverance okay so healing meant healing and deliverance okay yes so why did jesus heal he healed because he had compassion the holy spirit within him automatically moved him when he saw sickness he said hey this should not be in this person's body i'm going to heal this person most of the people whom he healed did not even ask him to heal him heal them right jesus saw them sick and he went on his own because he had compassion what was motivating him all the time compassion okay matthew chapter 9 verses 35 and 36 says and jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people did he leave out any sickness or disease no he healed every one of them did he say no this is you know uh, a little too hard for me to heal i need to pray more i need to fast some more there was this brother who said he wants to come and pray for our son michael but he wanted to prepare himself spiritually he's still preparing for the past 4 months they yeah, i need to fast more i need to pray more thank god jesus never did that and jesus never taught us to do that i'm not against prayer and fasting i'm sure you realize that okay but what kind of preparation do we need to reach out like jesus jesus tells us what do we need a heart of compassion that's all and that heart of compassion will make us forget who we are and make us just obey the lord the lord said lay your hands i will do the work so in faith we lay our hands and trust him to do the work not worrying about will i look stupid what if they don't get healed oh then i will look foolish so i i better not i'll be i'll play safe i'll tell them brother i will pray for you Jesus never asked us to pray for the sick. He asked us to heal the sick. There's a big difference. Okay? And it takes faith to do that and a heart of compassion to reach out, okay? And this is what he did. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He saw the multitudes who were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And what did he do? then he said to the disciples he said he know he realized okay if i need to minister to all these people i need more hands i need more feet 
And he said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth more workers into the harvest field. That's you. That's me, brothers and sisters. We cannot be sitting and praying, oh Lord, send somebody. Please send some more healers. Please send some more people to minister the word of God. Jesus prayed that prayer. Now you and I have to go. And as we go, we can keep praying for more laborers. Yes. Okay? And this is what we are called to do. In the next chapter, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out demons and to heal every sickness and disease. So what do you need to drive out sickness and disease? Apart from compassion, what did Jesus give them? He gave them authority. We also have been given authority. For we function in whose name? Whose name? His name. And that name we know is the name which is above every other name. To that name, every knee shall bow. The knee of cancer will bow. The knee of paralysis will bow. Every tumor, every kind of brain disease, stroke, whatever it is, however overwhelming it can seem, it has to bow its knee because we go in his name. We have his authority. All the authority of heaven is backing us. If we only knew, truly knew and experienced every moment the power of the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, we would be running everywhere, healing and delivering everyone. That's the kind of name Jesus has given us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. The other day I was giving a teaching on uh, the world, the flesh and the devil, on the devil. And honestly, I was asking the group, it was our own community, said, why many of us, you know, don't get into deliverance? Why do many of us never get into deliverance as a ministry? Tell me, tell me now. I'm sure you will give me the same reason. Because you're scared. We are scared of whom? The devil. He's the one who's crushed, who's been defeated. And he's been, and, and when, you, when you crush somebody or you trample something, you trample with your feet. Okay? And we know Jesus is the head. I would love to be his feet. Because my feet would be right, I would be right on top of Satan's head. All the time. Because I know who I am in Christ. I know this is what he's called me to do. This is the authority he has given me. Okay? So why did Jesus heal? Because he had compassion. And now, today, he sends us out with the same compassion and the same authority. Okay. Again, because of compassion... Matthew 14, 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Compassion was his motivating force. It drove him all the time to heal, save, deliver. Again, he cast out demons because of compassion. We read this in Mark chapter 5. This was the man who had the legion in him. He was cutting himself with stones and Jesus set him free. And what did he want to do? He wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus said, no, 
you go back home tell your family how merciful compassionate how much pity the lord has had on you and that's what he did faithfully he went back telling everyone what jesus had done because god had been compassionate to him okay and if he sincerely look at the teachings at the gospel and how would we answer this question did jesus teach healing did he give them lessons say okay now you do this first you lay hands then you pray like this then you cast out like this then you say in the name of jesus did jesus give those instructions anywhere in the gospel no he did not jesus actually did not teach healing so what did he teach what did he teach repent for the kingdom of god is at hand is here is among you his main preaching was the kingdom of god okay that's what jesus taught okay jesus never taught healing he preached the gospel of the kingdom and when you and i are truly rooted in our identity as the sons and daughters of god who are who are just like our father princes princesses of the kingdom we will know the authority that comes that accompanies being in the kingdom and if you and i have authority we will walk in that authority he taught what did jesus teach he taught union with god he taught them to connect he said pray our father know who you are god is your father and when you and i are totally united with the lord healing will flow because the life of god flows in us the life of god which is flowing in us is flowing out of us and remember that woman with the hemorrhage she was so smart huh she was one of the smartest women in israel i, th- I think she knew something that the rest of the crowd did not know she said if i just touch the hem of his garment i will be healed she knew that power is flowing out of jesus that is the life of god and just as jesus had this power of god flowing out of him which is the power of the holy spirit the same power is flowing in us and from us but we are going everywhere shadow is falling on everyone what's happening not much <laughs> not much really okay so there is something we need to do brothers and sisters to get this power activated even more in our lives that the power of the holy spirit will freely flow from us to heal save restore deliver in the name of jesus okay so we are going to learn what divine healing by faith is so that we can start operating in it okay divine healing by faith has like three aspects to it there are three kinds of healing which can happen which are all considered divine healing okay the first kind is when you can get healed by your own faith you develop a condition and you claim healing for it you command the symptom to go and you claim healing for it that is when you get yourself healed 
by your own faith. Okay? The second kind is when you get someone else healed by your faith. Okay, what do you think the third kind is? No, sorry, the second kind is? The second kind is what the third kind was supposed to be. Sorry. The second kind is when you get healed by someone else's faith. Okay, I, I have some symptoms. I'm going to Jude. Jude is, you know, going to command the symptoms to go. And my faith, nobody knows. But Jude has the faith. So I'm going to Jude. And I know Jude, when he prays, when he commands, I will be, I will be healed. So I'm cashing in on his faith. Okay? That's what most people do. Most of us look for people with the gift of healing. Why are retreat centers overflowing? Because people are going for this kind of healing. We get healed by someone else's faith. And the third kind is get others healed by your faith. That's what Jude did. He did not question me. Sister, what is this? You don't believe. He's not bothered whether I have faith or not because he had the faith for me. And that is the quality of faith you and I need to have. I remember somebody was telling me about this, this quite well-known brother who was ministering healing. And he, he, you know, prayed for this particular nun who had a very severe migraine for a very long time. So she's in the queue for healing. And he's praying over her, commanding it to go, commanding, commanding. It didn't go. And then finally he's telling her, I'm so sorry, you don't have enough faith. Hello. Now, not only does she have a migraine, now she's miserable also. Because she has no faith. But I'm standing in the queue not to get healed by my faith. I'm standing in the queue to get healed by your faith. You're the one who's ministering healing. So you and I need to make sure that the, that the faith we profess is working not only for us, it's working also through us to get others healed. Okay? So examples of the three kinds of healing, when you get healed by your own faith, actually the Syrophoenician woman in the Gospel of St. Matthew, what did she do? She came and asked Jesus. No, she's not the one who touched the garment. Okay? She's only known as the woman with the hemorrhage. Okay? This is the Syrophoenician woman. What was her problem? Anybody knows? Yes. Her daughter had a demon and she was at home. This woman was a Canaanite. She was not a Jew. She was not of Israel. But she was not willing to let Jesus go. She said, Lord, unless you heal my daughter, I'm not going from here. Jesus took this opportunity to insult her also a little bit. But did she get offended? Oh, oh no, Jesus is calling me dog. He's calling me, me puppy. Actually, the word Jesus used was puppy. Okay, so it was not so offensive. It's very cute rather, you know. But she did not take offense. She knew what she wanted. She wanted a daughter well. And she said, I'm not leaving you. I want the crumbs. And Jesus gave her more than that. And he appreciated her faith. He said, woman, you have great faith. Go. What you desire is already done. What about the centurion? 
even in his case, he was not asking for himself. He was asking for his, his servant who was sick. And the centurion's faith was of another level, brothers and sisters. Because he was not just relying on the faith of Jesus. He was not just saying, Jesus, I know you are powerful. I know you are great. I know you have compassion. You will always heal. What was he counting on? Something else. What was it? Authority. He knew and recognized that Jesus had authority over sickness, over disease. Just as he had authority over 100 soldiers, and he said, if I tell them to go, they go. If I tell them to come, they come. He knew if Jesus says sickness go, sickness has to go. So he was, you know, approaching Jesus from an entirely different level. And that amazed Jesus, you know, because, because it, it always gave him joy when, when people put their faith in him. Yes, but the centurion's, centurion's understanding of the mission of Jesus was truly, truly uplifting even for Jesus. Jesus has never in Israel ever seen such kind of faith. Because he recognized authority that Jesus had. And you and I, brothers and sisters, have the same authority. And we are capable of doing exactly what Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay. So when you get healed by someone else's faith, there is most of the healings performed by Jesus. His faith healed the sick. Okay? It was not just compassion. Jesus believed also that he could heal. Yes? Then the lame man in the book of Acts chapter 3, he was healed by Peter and John. He was looking to them to see silver and gold. Which one, which one am I going to get from them? But they said, we don't have silver and gold. In the name of Jesus, get up. Stand up and walk. They had the faith. He was the beneficiary of their faith. Okay? The third kind of healing is when we get others healed by our faith. This is what we are commanded to do in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs shall accompany them that believe. It will happen, brothers and sisters. You and I should just, what should we do? Just believe. Okay? I've not quoted the whole scripture here, but it says, In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. What is my part? To believe and obey. Believe and obey. If I do it, I will see wonders. I will see miracles. The other day someone called Colin. And he said, brother, somebody told me I have the gift of healing. How do I know that? Colin quoted Mark chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. And he said, you lay your hands on the sick person, they will get well. This is not a ministry of healing. You know, I think last week Anthony spoke on our calling and he spoke on the different ministries. What are the different five-fold ministries? What are the five-fold ministries? Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, healers. Evangelists, where are the healers? Yeah. 
there is no ministry as such called healing ministry because it is everyone's ministry every one of us is called to this ministry this is a command it is a command we are called to obey otherwise it would have been mentioned by paul in the fivefold ministries okay so remember you and i are all automatically in the healing ministry okay so what is the basis of divine healing how does healing happen you and i are just called to command and healing will happen how does it happen the basis of divine healing is that the price has already been paid the price for sickness has been paid by whom by jesus isaiah prophesied this in isaiah 53 verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed this was a prophecy that the messiah was coming the suffering servant of yahweh was coming to do this for us okay next in matthew chapter 8 verses 16 and 17 matthew saying hey you remember what isaiah said reality reality jesus was going around healing all the sick delivering them because he saw himself as the fulfillment of the prophecy and he said when evening came many who were demon possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet isaiah he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases had he was jesus had he already paid the price when god when matthew wrote it yes but when it was happening he had not yet paid the price the price was going to be paid a few days later but in advance he was already healing the sick to show them you don't have to worry i'm taking care of it i'm taking your sickness upon myself when i go to the cross and by my stripe i'm healing you okay next see what saint peter says in 1 peter 2:4 now he is talking about it in the past sense okay in the past tense sorry not past sense past tense yeah he says He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for righteousness. And by his wounds you were healed. Finished. Finished. So it really doesn't make sense when a person comes to you sick for you to say Jesus please heal the sick person. Does it make sense to say that? See what 1 Peter says. You were already healed. Even before you were born, Jesus took the sicknesses that you were going to have upon himself and already healed you. Really, that's why Jesus never said, "Pray to me and I will come and heal the sick." He wanted us to rely on his word and say he's already paid the price. You and I just need to talk to the sickness and say, "Get out in Jesus name." and sickness has no authority to remain 
If you don't exercise authority over sickness, sickness will exercise authority over you. That is what will happen, brothers and sisters. If we don't trample Satan, Satan will trample us. And that is why so many people are sick, dying of sickness, wasting, wasting the finished work of the cross. And Jesus has paid the full price and it's being wasted. The fact that people are dying of sickness is because they don't know the truth. They don't know what Jesus has already done. And neither do we. Neither do we, unfortunately. Okay, so what is divine healing? First, we'll know what divine healing is not, okay? Because this is how we all play, pray. This is how we claim divine healing. Okay, so what is, what is not divine healing? Divine healing is not God directing the doctor's hands that is doctor's healing. That is called surgery. And we don't know the outcome. You may pray, you may plead, you may beg the Lord, Lord, it is you who are doing the surgery. Jesus doesn't need to do surgery, brothers and sisters. Remember that. His surgery is only through the word. The word is a sword which pierces through and chops off every tumor. He doesn't need doctor's help. Honestly, he doesn't, okay? So divine healing is not connected to the right kind of exercise, right diet, and the right kind of nutrition. You drink this in the morning, this in the afternoon, that in the night, there in between you drink this, and the whole day you're only doing some kind of a diet and a nutrition thing, and you think, oh, I'm very healthy, okay, this is, I'm walking in divine health. That may be health, but it's not divine health, okay? Yeah? And divine healing is not immortality. It doesn't mean you're not going to die. One day we will all die. Yes? One day we will all die. So that is, doesn't mean just because I've experienced healing in my life, I'm going to live forever. Even Lazarus died, remember? Okay? And divine healing is not immunity, although immunity is promised to Christians. Okay? It's not just, oh, you, you, you do this, your immunity will rise. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is amazing for immunity. Works amazingly to build your immunity. You will hardly fall sick. Even if, any, if you fall sick, you will recover very quickly. I've seen that in my life. Because I pray so much in tongues. I'm seeing that happen very, very easily in my life. I hardly fall sick. But if ever I fall sick, not even one day, not even one day I'll be down. It's very hard to keep me down. Okay? So, anyway. So, what is divine healing? Divine healing is this. Divine healing is the power of God working within a person's body. Okay? To remove sickness or disease and or to repair the part of the body. Any organ, any organ system that's malfunctioning, that has been affected by sickness, disease or demonic influence. That is divine healing. When God's power, that is the power of the Holy Spirit, works from within the person to heal and restore that person. Organ, organ system, any malfunction, any disability, any deformity, any abnormality, whatever it is. If it has a name, it doesn't have a name, doesn't matter. When the power of God starts flowing in that person, 
you and I can experience divine healing. This is what St. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 11. He says, the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead gives life. And the life is called Zoe. That is the eternal life of God. The Zoe life to our mortal body. And that life of God flows in us in faith. All this works when we believe. All this works, works for us, works through us when we believe that this, that this power of God can be activated in our life. And praying in tongues helps. Praying in tongues helps tremendously to have this life flowing in us and through us. Okay? So is healing always God's will? This is the one major stumbling block, brothers and sisters, that prevents us from praying. And when we do pray, prevents us from getting results. Because when a person comes with sickness, or when you have some condition, first thing you're wondering is, does God want to heal me? Is it God's will for me to be healed? Or does he want to? What is our favorite word? He wants to? It starts with a T. Test? No. We don't think of it as a test. We think of it more as a, as a lesson. Is he trying to teach me something? Very often, very often, we are not convinced that sickness is never the will of God. So when someone comes to you sick, you pray, you command, and then you qualify your prayer saying, if it is your will, O oh Lord, please heal. God is not deciding his will now. Today, he's not making up his mind about sickness. He made up his mind 2,000 years ago. And he put it all upon his son. Jesus took it all upon himself, paid the full price, brothers and sisters. So healing is always the will of God. When this man with leprosy came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you will... If it's your will, you can heal me. Jesus showed us the will of God. Don't keep wondering, is this the will of God? Is this the will of God? And wasting our time without doing his will. His will is clear. If you are confused, look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? What would Jesus do? If you think Jesus would heal that person, then it's your responsibility to heal the person. Because Jesus never gave excuses. Jesus never tried to fool anyone at any time. Okay? Is healing always God's will? Yes. He does not decide on a case-by-case -case basis. You be healed, you be sick. You be healed, you be sick. You, you, you. He's not that kind of a whimsical God. He's a loving Abba Father. He's healed all of us already. And when Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is in heaven, so it is on earth. There's no sickness in heaven, therefore there should be no sickness on earth. And you and I are the ones appointed to destroy sickness, destroy the works of the devil. Okay? Healing, restoration, salvation, and deliverance are the will of God. Every time, all the time. And this is eternal life. This is the life of God that God wants to see flowing in us and through us. 
Okay? Is healing always the will of God? It is always the will of God. Because from God's side, it's done. From our side, we are the ones who give excuses. Is it our unwillingness? And often we feel overwhelmed. We say, I don't know how to heal this person. And therefore you say, maybe it is God's will that you just endure it. Pray for strength. Pray for strength. As a church, we need to repent, brothers and sisters. We need to repent. We need to return to the Lord and ask Him to release His power in us. Yielding more to the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to work in us, work through us. That the life of God will continually flow in and through us. Okay? Does God teach by sickness? Never. Then we should also be using sickness to teach everyone. But that's never the will of God. We're not supposed to teach with sickness. We're supposed to heal. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher, not sickness. The Holy Spirit alone is our teacher. Look at what Jesus said in John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So even as we just, you know, come to a conclusion, let's yield to the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you all to stand. Please stand. Place your hand. Place your hand upon any part of your body. I you want to pray for someone else who's sick. If there is sickness in any part of your body, remember, it is never the will of God for you to be sick. He's not trying to teach you anything except the fact that you have authority to cast it out. Therefore, that's all you need to do. That's all you and I need to do. Just take authority in the name of Jesus and cast it out. So claim healing now for yourself, for your loved one, anyone. Whatever the condition, it's never the will of God. Let's stand firm for our healing. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. All glory, honor, and praise. We magnify your name. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of infirmity and I send it bound to the foot of the cross. I command every symptom of sickness and disease in your bodies, in the bodies of your loved one that you are praying for. I command these symptoms to go right now in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Pains, stiffness, weakness, every kind of disability, deformity, abnormality, every malfunction in any organ or organ system, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave their bodies right now and go to the foot of the cross in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. I speak resurrection life into you, brothers and sisters. Every one of you, resurrection life for the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead gives his life to your mortal body. Therefore, there's no place for sickness in your body. In the name of Jesus, be set free. Be set free right now. 
In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah.